double down trend. You might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports. Predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron. Man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive. So you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent. Let's go. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies talk sports, gambling, and sometimes pop culture. You're hearing a little bit different voice doing the intro tonight. This is maybe a first for me. This is the model Aaron coming to you, our uh, our esteemed colleague Ryan. The man is off uh, dealing with some life stuff, baby stuff, exciting stuff, maybe all of it, and 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 more. Uh, the great, the greatest gift of all. Life. life that's right that's right that voice that you hear there is our nfl insider coulter coulter what's going on uh i'm doing great sorry to interrupt you there during the introduction but yeah that's it we're here for for kaz and his baby girl and you know we're just so excited to, to uh to do one in his honor tonight you know getting a great text like that this morning uh and now kind of concluding here at 10 p.m east coast is like a Feels like it just came full circle, and this so this one's all for Kaz. Uh, unfortunately, his Giants might not be that good, but you know what? It's a, it's a good day otherwise. It's a great day for him. We will get to those Giants, my friend. Don't you worry. The other guy joining us, uh, also the New England Patriot fan in Philly. Well, he is he is what's going what's on. What's up, boys? Good to see you. Uh, congrats to Kaz. Um, you know, amazing news. Going to be a great dad. I can't wait to see him in action. Um, same with AK. It's gonna be fun to see uh, see how they take this little one um, and continue to to grow their family. Wish he could be here with us, but obviously uh, excited for uh, the three of us to mix it up here a little bit on some week one, a little bit of week two. And I, I think a lot of people probably thought Kaz would just bail on this pod to begin with, just given how bad the Giants look. So <laughs> I, I'm excited to pile on to that because you already started the fire, and I can't wait. Well, let's start right there with our week one reaction, overreaction, and let's go right to that game with the Giants. Is there anything that you guys would take away from that performance against the Denver Broncos that stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I was in the stands, so I got to see it firsthand. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves just eviscerated the soul of that Giants defense on third down and fourth down. I kind of lump in fourth down with third down when I do the stats. And if you look at it, just a marvelous performance from the Denver offense. I mean, they're my team, so I don't want to boast them up too much. But, I mean, when you uh, keep a team's defense on the field as much as you do and you convert third and sevens like you do, uh, you're just taking the spine out of them. Uh, so, soul crushing. Uh, I think the Giants really, uh, yeah, they have significant problems on offense. I mean, let's not forget they got a late garbage time touchdown. The game is really a, a route. Out of hand, uh, by, yeah. uh, by the time Gordon broke away there. And more alarming is, that, and, and I'll, I'll pass it to Hughes after this, but like he can kind of attest to this. Judge is a, a Belichick guy. Most alarming to me being in the stands from a, 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 trying to be impartial from this is Gordon was running into the back of his offense line all day. He was an inept player. I think he had 10, car- 10 carries for 10 yards before that breakaway. The Giants allow that guy to run one for 70 yards and cut through their defense like a, 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 a knife through soft butter. Like, they, if you look at the highlight of that play, just terrible defense all around, lethargic playing from the Giants. And this is a Joe Judge team that isn't supposed to be giving up. They're supposed to be getting better as the game goes along, as the season goes along, et cetera, et cetera. That's a play that's very alarming to me. Uh, if you're a Giants fan. And I, again, I don't want to pile on there because the, the Broncos are my team, but like Gordon is not that good. I think he's a little washed up. And the fact that he's the guy that's doing that in the fourth quarter to me is a, that's a real big cause for concern. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't see the whole game. I did end up in one of those horrible situations where I went over to somebody's house, mixed it up a little bit. They had red zone on <laughs> and the other two, they had two TVs. The second TV had the giant game on. So I did watch more of it than I probably would have liked because I would have switched the channel. And you know, knowing you guys are Bronco fans, uh, I don't want to give the Broncos too much credit here, but I do think we can sprinkle in a little bit of they look better than I thought they were going to. Um, I think that they've got a little bit more of a competent offense than I had anticipated. Their defense is always going to be good. I mean, really Fangio, good. obviously, and, and, and the people that they the, the personnel that they've they've uh, accumulated, if they can stay healthy, um, they'll always be good on D. But I was pretty impressed with their offense. I do think the Giants defense may have been a little bit demoralized by their own offense and the inability of Danny Dimes to look like he's made any progress 
from prior seasons to give the Giant fans any hope that this year might be different than the past. I mean, again, I think Kaz in the heat of the moment, I don't want to speak for him on air, his, uh, his insider giant fan uh, feelings at the time, but I believe he said the best case scenario for us is to have a top five pick again next year. <laughs> and like, I mean, if we're at, if that's the point we're at after week one, we predict them to go to the playoffs, you know, things didn't look good on the field at that way. That was really what stuck out to me that that giant offense just couldn't get anything going. I'm looking at their drives uh, results right now. It was punt, punt, touchdown, punt, end of half, fumble, downs, downs, touchdown. And that touchdown late was just, you know, the game was already gone. The, the time was just running down. Such a predictable uh, set of play calls, too. Every first mm. down was a run to Barkley. That was inefficient. Two yards, three yards. Puts them in a bad spot. Uh, Daniel Jones needs third and three if you're going to put him in a third down situation at all. Honestly, if I'm his offensive coordinator, I want to get Daniel Jones closer to the sticks on first down. So they should be throwing more. I actually thought they had a, uh, the one advantage they had with Sterling Shepard. Uh, they probably could use him more. The, the other problem is they didn't really utilize uh, Rudolph as a tight end at all, and then Ingram's out. So, I mean, they just gave up on offense. They were just totally unoriginal. The one time they were trying to get creative after that big gain down the sideline of Slayton was an end around to Tony, and that was the most predictable play of the week. Like, everybody saw that one coming. That guy, by the way, could be a bust, too. So all sorts of issues in, in, the, on the, in the giant land. Yeah, agreed. Now, sticking in week one, is there another game that you guys would jump to that you'd want to say something stood out to you or caught your eye? Use all of you, take that one. Yeah, I'll, ju- I'll jump on. I mean, I, I'll, I'll hit on the two, um, the two demographics with which I spend most of my time. Um, I thought the Eagles looked better than, I th- than, than they were going to. I thought they, again, also looked like they had a really competent offense. Um, the Falcons looked terrible. I mean, we did a preseason episode where I was on the Falcons thinking that now they have a real coach. Now maybe they are going to have a better offense. They look terrible. I mean, they just look like they may not win a game this year. Um, I think they may be turning around, but they they look awful. Uh, but again, I, that might have been partially that the Eagles looked, again, like they were decent. But no, don't want to overreact on the Eagles side. And then I thought the Pats uh, played well. Um, I thought I thought it was impressive how they were able to do kind of what Coulter just said that the Giants need to do for Danny Dimes is put your quarterback in situations where, you know, that the defense is going to blitz. So he can't ha- he can't hold the ball for too long. And I thought one Mac Jones did a great job staring down the blitz, distributing the football it was not his fault that they lost that game. They actually should have won the game. They were in field goal range to kick a game winner, fumbled the ball away. Um, I think the team is is. I think they'll be fine, um, but I was really impressed with Mac Jones, and I was also impressed with with the Dolphins, who I think a lot of people thought were dead. And I don't think Tua um, is as good as people, you know, in Miami would have hoped, which I do think substantiates some of the Watson rumors, um, because clearly, like, they're a quarterback away from being really good. They've got a ton of good weapons on offense from the rece- at the receiver position, at the tight end position, at the running back position. Their defense flies around the football field. Um, so I do think the Dolphins are kind of a quarterback way. Maybe Tua figures it out as the season goes on, but uh, but I am excited for both the Pats uh, and where they're heading and, and kind of for the Eagles too. I'm interested to see if they can bounce back and put together the same performance this week against the Niners, but we'll get to that. Yes, we will. Um, I know, Coulter, you always have a strong opinion when it comes to uh, – now they played – Maybe well enough, but to Hughes's point, I think that's spot on. I think if you go back and look at the stats, that was New England's game to lose, and it just kind of worked out with some crazy variants at the end that they weren't able to win it. Uh, he, uh, Coulter, are you still uh, an anti-Tua, not going to be around for the rest of the, the league? Do you think you're expecting a, some second-year improvement? Where do you think that lands? I'm definitely uh, strongly anti-Tua, and I'm more importantly anti-Tua in Miami. And I think Miami's tipped its hand in the offseason by uh, trying to go after Watson, that they're kind of pursuing. Uh, to your point, high-variance team is you can't depend on these weird uh, end-of-game things to keep breaking in your favor. How many times have we seen that this happen for the Dolphins uh, just in the last two years as they've kind of been on the up-and-up as a rebuild? To be a serious contender, to be a team that can win a Super Bowl, you can't rely on the lucky breaks. You have to have a real quarterback back there. You needed Deshaun Watson. They're obviously interested in somebody who's legit, more legit than Tua. And I don't think you'll ever get that kind of consistency with Tua. So no, I'm out on him. And more importantly, I'm out on him there. Maybe he ends up somewhere else. It's a better situation, but I think they have too high of goals. Their coach is too good. Their defense is too good uh, to uh, be hamstrung by Tua. 
Cool. Anything else from the first week before we switch gears and go to week two? Just a couple of great uh, night games. Obviously, I think everybody saw in the Bucks and Cowboys. That was one of the best games mm. of the year. If Dallas can get it together on defense, man, you're hard. Watch out. I would love a, a, just a prop bet at like 15 to one that that's the NFC championship game. I feel like Dak versus Brady is a great storyline. Uh, they can package that game again with those two markets and everything. So uh, that that I, that was one of my takeaways. Is like if Dallas can get any anything on defense as a as a team, their offense is super good, and Dak was great. And yeah, I think Vegas that game on uh, Monday night showed that Baltimore might be the team that uh and and we can spin this into week two that might be in, most in trouble. That's own one. We can talk about Green Bay and some of the other teams that are own one. Tennessee, I I know. Uh, Hughes sniffed out a good one, and I, this might be the button conversation uh, for week one. Is I had to pay Hughes 10 bucks because he did sniff out Minnesota as being a dead team, and I kind of have <laughs> seen the light now. I didn't, I didn't even watch the game because I was down at MetLife, but I see the light now. All it took was a Zach Taylor victory in week one. The Vikings definitely have issues. Um, but with that said, kind of going off the night theme, I think the Ravens might be the team that's most in trouble, at least uh, from what people thought they were going to be. I think it was a 11 uh, win total for them. I think they're going way under that. Yeah, I figured you'd bring up that Monday night game to just stick a little dagger in my heart once again. I, I, <laughs> I want you guys to know I, I had to take a few long walks over the last couple of days because, and honestly, this is one of those tough gambling things because I, I had no business winning, being in position to win the bet. So it's like, it is a catch 22, but like when you're this close to the, this situation, it's just so, so heartbreaking. But um, I will agree with you. I, I do think the that that Monday night game showed us a lot about the Ravens, but but I, I do want to just just throw this out there. I had I had a new they, they were doing this parlay plus thing on Barstool uh, Sportsbook where you can parlay props across different games and stuff. But I ended up doing three props, um, actually two props and a straight up uh, in that <laughs> in that uh, Raider game. Uh, Jacobs to score a touchdown, Carr to score a touchdown, and the Raiders to win. 15 wins, 450. Um, and to get a QB sneak in overtime to to lock in two of the three of the legs of that bet after the first leg was done in the first uh, quarter. Um, and then not only to not get it, but to get a second chance at it, right? It's like you're up, you're down. Life is life. They could have run the ball with anybody else. You get a you get a shot at a sneak. You don't get in. You're like, oh my god. Then they're gonna sneak it again and they false start. And I will tell you this: like there was just a part of me that just like felt like no, like the gambling gods just wanted to tell me like, hey, slow down, buddy. Like you know, sometimes you get lucky, but this is just maybe a little too lucky for tonight. Um, and it 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 almost killed me. But at the same time, you know that's why <laughs> that's why you throw um, those out there and you take a few. I, I always call them scratch tickets. You know, I do like those like night game scratch tickets where you can throw a little bit of the same game parlay together and and see what happens. But yeah, that was gut wrenching. That's gotta be awful. And I, I'm most impressed with whatever you saw from the Raiders in that they were gonna not only win the game but they were also gonna have two rushing touchdowns from those two guys like that to me is that you were that close. That's even impressive. I, I just, again, I'm and part of it is, you know, you have some internal biases against, I, I don't like the Ravens. The Ravens have been decimated by injuries. I did think that there was something about this game um, where the the Raiders is their first game in that stadium with fans. There was going to be a level of juice. I mean, Gruden was like, damn, they're crying before the game though. If anybody saw it, Gruden might be, we, I think we talked about this in the chat, but Gruden may be on our, our list of the worst coaches in the league after his, I'm going to kick a field goal. Oh, wait, the kicking team's not ready to go on. I'm going to take a delay game. Then I'm going to go back out there and run a play only so that I can kick a field goal on the next play to end the game was a wild sequence. <laughs> no, no, they actually threw a touchdown. They didn't kick end up kicking that field goal. So, like, it was just crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just felt that the the Raiders, they I think that they've got a little something. I don't know what it is, um, but I also think the Ravens are in trouble. And that's really more where the bet was coming from. Mm. All right. That will be remain to be seen. Let's jump and uh, jump into week two. Now, you guys already mentioned two dead corpses uh, from week one. That was Atlanta and Minnesota. But we also saw the opposite end of the spectrum. We saw two frisky teams that we may not have expected, the Texans and the Eagles. I'm curious to know, uh, Coulter, start. What were you seeing in the Texans or what was your takeaway from that game? I think from a gambling perspective, it, to me, it just seems like, uh, you know, you look at that spread and Houston should have been favored in that game. And we identified it last week. And so it's like, I think how many times this year could we pick Houston and maybe get lucky? 
or maybe not even lucky there. Maybe they're just a frisky team. Their offensive line has tunsil. They have three or four running backs. Like Taylor is elusive. They have a couple of professional receivers. Uh, I mean, it's not far fetched that they can cover a couple spreads, win a couple of bad games against these AFC South teams. And, and I'm not saying they're going over their win total or going to be a juggernaut, but like from a gambling perspective, they could be our friend. Um, Philadelphia, I mean, I, I guess we can go into our bets. I'm actually going to fade them this week. That's one of my, that's my first uh, best bet mm-hmm. is actually San Fran. Um, I, not that I don't think Philly's for real or anything, but I, I do think there's actually some value um, in San Fran this week. Um, but yeah, I, I do think the Eagles can contend similar to what I was saying about Houston and actually keep spreads tight um, and also be a friendly team for gamblers late in the year. I think Hertz showed that he's definitely lively. The team is around him. Um, so they're definitely a live dog, and, and so, so is Houston. So I did want to identify those two teams. I think the spreads were just way off in both of those games. You know, looking back on it, I think uh, wrong team favored in each game, and obviously the outcome showed that, but I uh, did just want to point those two teams out. Yeah, and just to add on to that a little bit, I will say that the, the interesting thing about this Eagles game this week is we've got another West Coast team, team coming east to play at 1 o'clock. They went undefeated last week. I can't imagine that that happens again, especially against the spread. I, I do think San Fran's probably the better team. I'm actually going to go with Philly with a little bit of that momentum coming home. San Francisco having to make a long journey. They just lost their running back. I don't know. I, I, San Fran has definitely got the better team. I do think the Eagles might be a little peskier. I put a ceiling on Hurts at a poor man's um, Russell Wilson. He can't throw the ball as well, but God, the guy knows how to win. I, I don't know what it is. He just knows how to get it done. And he doesn't look like he gets rattled. He doesn't look like they're ever really out of it. I think that that was the real the sign that you know, I sealed Doug Peterson's fate when they pulled him from that game last year because the guy's a competitor. Um, and I don't think you can really like account for that sometimes. So anyways, I do think that's going to be a really fun game to watch this week because um, it could be the Niners could come out and just absolutely steamroll because I do think from a pedigree's perspective, they're better. But again, West Coast team, one o'clock start. Um, they did well. Well, I guess Arizona wasn't a full, uh, a full Sam- West Coast. They were two hours, but. I do want to say San Fran stayed in the East Coast, Hughes. They're in West did Virginia. That, yeah. So did they put? So yeah. So I guess that I, that does that does factor in, um, because obviously they played an early game last week too. So um, which. Yeah. Or did they wait? Not, when did they play last week? What time was their game last week? They played one o'clock against the Lions in Detroit. Ah. Uh, so. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, sh- I, pretty used to doing this. They had a, the. Niners do this last year, I think. It was Giants and Jets back to back. That might yeah, and they lost they lost somebody between those games too, right? Did they lose? Oh them? yeah. They had a lot of injuries in those two games at MetLife. Yeah. Shanahan was livid. But yeah, I mean I'm interested to see. I mean, obviously they looked fine without Moser, but um, but um obviously that's a little bit of a blow for their for their offense. Um I'm, I'm going off of uh, I th- the Moser injury for me is like they're trending in the like if you put like a red arrow for them, like most people think they're trending in the wrong direction because of the Moser thing and the sermon benching and the Ayuk thing that was in the headlines. I actually see a team that's totally at peace with itself. Uh, the one negative I could come up with this game is the Verrett injury, I think, hurts them. But I think they'll be able to contain Philly's passing game. Their front seven is much better than Atlanta's. Much better. That can't be understated or underscored enough. Plus, Hurts can't take advantage of the lack of secondary depth, which I think is San Fran's weakness and might be their Achilles heel later this season. The average uh, depth of target for Philly was under four yards last week. I actually like Hurts a lot for a lot of the intangibles, but that says it all. The guy doesn't look deep. So he's not going to look deep against this team. They're not really going to go throw deep down the middle of the field. I think that's helped San Francisco. Uh, in the other trench, uh, San Francisco has an advantage over Philly's D-line that ate up Atlanta's uh, defensive unit. Again, I didn't get to watch that game, but it seems like Atlanta's interior offensive line kind of folded and the Eagles were just big man up front, which, I mean, they have a lot of veterans. But I think Trent Williams, Alex Mack, and the veteran crew that San Fran has is a much improved offensive line than what Atlanta had. Uh, it's hard to to take the hook here and, and do three and a half with the Niners, but that's what most people are ultimately going to avoid. So I'm going to do what's difficult and take the favorite uh, on a neutral site. I have this game and, and feel free use to say if I'm wrong here, but in my mathematics here, I have San Fran by a touchdown on a neutral field uh, with a point adjustment after last week's result. Maybe it's a point, maybe it's a six point game after we saw the Eagles win, but that still means this number is a little off, um, and so I'm going to take the uh, Niners three and a half. It's not maybe the 
best bet on the board. Maybe there's more value somewhere else, but I like the I like Shanahan versus uh, Sirianni too. I didn't even write that down as a coaching mismatch potentially. Uh, you know, Sirianni got his first win against a freshman coach, so Shanahan's been around the block a few times. He's been to the Super Bowl. I think this this could be a potential coaching mismatch as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see. I mean, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be, it'll tell us a lot about both teams. Um, again, not not to overreact too much to Week One, but um, but I do think you know teams that uh, I, I think they match up interestingly, and and I do agree with you on the coaching side of it. But um, but I'm excited to see that game at one. All right. So one thing I'm looking forward to is I'm going to go back to the Denver Broncos for a second and we'll get to our uh, best bets um, here in the future. But one of the things that stood out to me with them is how much they played in the is it called the 13 formation where they have three tight ends? Um, Albert, so, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. One, yeah. One back, three tight ends. <laughs> so I, I saw a stat that um, Houston, you know, not surprisingly, given how much they were winning and running the ball, played that formation the most uh, in week one. And then um, a second was the Denver Broncos, who played it like I think it was 13 times they came out and ran plays in that formation. All of the previous year, all of last year, they may have played that formation 20 to 25 times total. So they're already um, significantly increasing that. I'm going to be curious to watch if that continues. I could imagine that they are taking advantage of some mismatches with Fant, with O, and with Sauerbert, um, who can come in and be offensive and uh, be a good blocker. So that's one of the things that stood out to me. I am excited for them to travel east to Jacksonville and play those Jaguars, and we'll see where they land there. There you go. It's another 1 o'clock start. It's going to be – I mean, like – that I feel like it's happened more this year at the beginning of the season than it has in the past, but um, but yeah, a lot of time zone uh, shifting around. I do think it's funny because there was a game in Jacksonville last week, uh, a bloodbath that we actually didn't touch on. Uh, maybe we'll get to a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. Does he have a little uh, <laughs> payback on Monday night? But uh, that was in Jacksonville, right? That that uh, Saints that Saints murdering of uh, TIAA Field or Bank nice. Field. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like that. I was, I, I would think about, you know what? I'll let you, I'll give you a chance to win your money back. I'll go crossfire on this, uh, on this San Fran Philly game if that's going to be one of your key picks. That is I'll my take, first key pick. Let's do it. Let's Why get not? there. I'll take do it. It's, it's in honor of Kaz. This is a big right. day for Kaz. We got a crossfire galore here. This is going to be a crossfire pod. Wait till you hear my next best bet. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a crossfire from you on that one too. I bet. Oh, I can't wait. All right, I'm just going to get these down. So, um, Coulter, your first bet, you are taking San Francisco minus three and a half against Correct. Philly, and this is going to be a crossfire uh, right oh, yeah. now with Hughes. I'm in. All right. Uh, Hughes, do you want to give your first pick of the week? Um, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go. <laughs> I mean, of course I want to give my first pick. I've, I've gone back and forth on this. Um. Because, again, I don't want to ride too hot of a horse, but I'm going to go Arizona um, at home, minus four and a half against Minnesota. This is a classic week one overreaction. This game probably should be three, maybe three and a half. It's an extra point because, again, Arizona looked like they could, you know, do whatever they wanted on defense more than anything. And it's going to be a rude awakening. If the Chandler Jones that showed up in Nashville shows up to this game. I don't know if Kirk Cousins survives. We might be seeing, seeing Kellen Mond. We may see the debut of the future of the Minnesota Vikings, and we may be seeing the end of the Zimmer era uh, in Minnesota because that was one of the most impressive defensive performances I think I've ever seen in a week one game, what the what Chandler Jones and that revamped defensive front for the, for the Cardinals was able to do to a mediocre offensive line. But at the same time, Taylor Lewan was back. He looked horrible. No, no offense to Taylor Lewan's mission guy. We'll, we'll always love him. But at the same time, he looked horrible. Their offensive line just got destroyed the entire game. But Chandler Jones was just everywhere. And you got J.J. Watt as well. You got you know, Buda Baker's coming off the edge, just absolutely pile-driving people. Um, it, it, I think Arizona might be for real. So I'm going to take the Cardinals, minus four and a half, at home against the Vikings. And, and I'm looking at lines right now, and I'm seeing a bunch of three-and-a-halves available, Hughes. So I'm going to oh, give baby. you minus three-and-a-half because that, to me, is uh, easily accessible right now. I'm seeing it in a bunch of different spots. All right, perfect. I saw that on our uh, on our in, in, the, in the picks league was, uh, I think, at four-and-a-half. So, um, so that tends to lock in. Yeah, that locks in early. 
So because we're recording on a Wednesday night, I'm going to give you the current lines. I love it. All right. I'm going to go with my first pick, my non-key pick. I'm going to go back to the well, and I'm going to go back to those Denver Broncos minus six at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is not something I would usually do, I'll admit. So this is a West Coast team or a Western team traveling east. But we're going to be going up against a rookie quarterback who had just completed his first game. Uh, You know, I don't have any expectations for how he's going to perform, especially against a Broncos defense that's going to be tenacious and looking and seeking blood. Um, You know, six is is a bunch of points, but I just think the defense is really going to come in and shut him down. I loved how Teddy B played last week. I think they're going to get their offense, you know, not humming, but serviceable. Um, so I could easily see this being a Denver win by 10, 13, something like that. Likely not more, certainly not high scoring. Um, but I am going to go Denver minus six at Jacksonville for my first pick. I yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do too. I was going to say, this is an anti-Urban Meyer podcast. Uh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to take Denver in the pool. I rarely, and I took the Giants last week, and I was I knew that was going to be a loser because I, I had faith that we would actually have some really good advantages up front on the defensive side against the Giants, but I just faded us as a kind of just a hedge, I guess, emotionally. I'm not going to hedge here. I hate Urban Meyer. I don't think he's an NFL coach. I think this is a charade down there in Jacksonville, and I think he's closer to coaching USC or coaching some other team than he is to uh, coaching the Jaguars to more than four wins. It's a lot of points, which is scary. But, I mean, Teddy was accurate. I mean, Teddy, if you could be accurate like he was and the Jaguars' defense isn't that good, I mean, Winston looked accurate against them in the preseason. We've seen a couple of quarterbacks now tear them apart. All he has to do is just be accurate, move the ball down the field, punch it in a few times. The Broncos could probably win the game by the exact same score that they beat the Giants by, and they can cover the spread 27-13. Right? Yeah. Isn't that it? Yeah, I, I think I think it's easy. I love the USC reference. I would again. I think Urban's probably kicking himself for not waiting uh, uh, waiting it out a little longer. Uh, they should have fired Helton. I mean, two years ago. We don't need to get into that. Um, you, but because USC, maybe. I mean, I'd rather coach in the NFL. I don't know if I'd rather be at Jacksonville. Um, but at the same time, I do think they stink. I think they don't know. They don't have a plan. I mean, I, they just they don't look like a team that knows what they want to do. They don't look like a team that has, at least on defense, the personnel on offense is okay. Um, I think they may be able to put up a you know a few points in there, but not against a team like Denver. I don't think. Um, they're going to have to play. They'll they'll do fine against the 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 bottom of the league. But I do think, and not to say Denver's at the top, but I do think they're they're a playoff team. We talked about that, um, or playoff caliber team, or uh, in the pre preseason. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good bet, and I, I would I would get on that. I think in the in our pool is six and a half, so that that number's strong. Yeah. All right, Culture. Let's go to you for your second pick, your key pick of the week. What do you got? What about what about Cass? Oh yeah, uh, we, we we got a phone for Yeah, he wrote in, didn't we? Yeah, he he's on. What's Cass, he got? His first pick was on uh, Rams against Colts. Four and a half. Oh, thank you. Which is another West Coast team going east. And I will say this is my key pick. So you uh, like I'm with Rams Cass. to smoke. Yeah. I, I Donald versus I, uh, Wentz. <laughs> I will say this. Cool. There were a lot of people that gave Carson Wentz a lot of sympathy as it related to the situation with the offensive line in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz went to a team that their offensive line's a little banged up right now, but has a structured, good offensive line. And he still is getting rolled every play and smashed and beat around. This guy stinks. I, I, I just don't think he has what it takes to win in the NFL. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's got a lot of intangibles. He was, I mean, he was on an MVP run that year that he got hurt, but I just don't, I, he can't get the ball out of his own hands. And he just, that's one of the things with quarterbacks that if you can't do that, you're just always destined to either turn the ball over or get killed. And ultimately he's got some injury issues. So yeah. And, and I, again, maybe I'm drunk on what the Rams did um, in their first game, but God, they looked good. Um, that Matt Stafford in that offense looks absolutely dangerous. Um, they did get a little stagnant at times and they got a little bit like maybe they thought that they were going to score a touchdown every time they touched the ball, but I do think that team's going to be dynamic. They don't have much of a run game, but I think Sony Michelle will work his way in there a little bit more. I think Henderson's fine. Um, I do like the Rams a lot. I like the Rams in the preseason win the Super Bowl, and I don't think there was anything that happened in week one that would make me think that the Rams can't go to Indy and absolutely put it on a Colts team that I just don't think is that good. I love it. Um, before we go on to the next pick, let me ask, 
so that is locked in at Rams minus four and a half. The line that I'm looking at now has since trickled down, and I'm seeing availability of Rams minus three and a half, which makes me think that there are some people betting the other side. I'm thinking the stay away special of the week. Let, let me interject here, because actually I, I would not bet on this game. This is a stay away for me. I would never cross fire here in a million years. However, if you're going to put down your old your own cold hard cash i think what you just said is very alarming that it's already moving in the opposite direction to me is very strange uh b indianapolis is going to get healthier as the season goes along their biggest weakness in terms of health right now is their offensive line so as the season goes along their weakness becomes a strength they want to run the ball they want to keep it outside of stafford's hands i think they're actually going to be able to do that this week this is a team that's desperate now at own one NFL chicanery here, if you actually do a little look ahead, is Colts and Titans. There is no way in fucking hell Roger Goodell wants this game to be between two 0-2 teams. I don't think the Titans are going to beat the Seahawks in Seattle this week as the 12th man hasn't been there for a year. I think the Seahawks roll. I think there's a chance the Colts win here. It's 1-1 versus 0-2, and then the Titans win that game, and those are the two best teams in the division. Or maybe they're all 1-2 or some shit like that after three weeks. Um, But, like, I just – I don't know. My antennas are up here. This is mightily suspicious. Uh, and it, all, there's also something here with like Stafford. Uh, you know, he looked great against the Bears, but like he's also been known to blow a couple heartbreaking games uh, here and there too, right? And there's also I'll just jump in one more. The Bears suck. The Bears suck. Their secondary sucks. And like I like what the Rams did too, but they beat up on one of the worst teams in the league. Their depth is terrible. Their coach is terrible. And it's like great win. You you did exactly what you're supposed to do if you're the Rams. But like, I think that line movement uh, to me tells me that there's some sharp people that know something about Indianapolis. And it's that they're well coached. The line came out and it was too inflated and they're getting some good value at four and a half. So there I'll build a case for the Colts and kind of be contrarian. I do like the Rams a lot better, like season season based. I like the Rams. I'm just kind of like playing devil's advocate here a little bit. And I'm not a Wentz person at all. I just, my antennas are raised by that line movement that you just uh, kind of signaled there, Mr. Model. And so, Hughes, let me confirm. Is this your key pick for your for this week? Is this your second pick, the Rams yeah. minus? It is my second pick for this week. I'll throw out a bonus pick just because, uh, you know, obviously Kaz is on the on the other one if you guys want. Because um, I, I, I do have a couple other plays. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's my key pick. And ultimately, I mean, that line movement is a little bit, uh, to me, I mean, again, it, it, it does feel like like the Colts are a field goal team type of deal, but I just didn't think they had much. And again, I think a lot of people were like, oh, they're going to beat the Seahawks. And I didn't think the Seahawks really struggled that much. Um, and the Seahawks, I, again, I don't think the Seahawks defense is even remotely close to the pedigree of the Rams defense. Um, I may be wrong, but uh, the Rams defense to me, I, I didn't think Donald played particularly well in that first game. Um, he looked a little, little, little um, passive uh, at times, but again, it's Aaron Donald and he's going to dominate. So that's why I, I think the Rams defense hand, takes care of business. I think, again, we may see a backup quarterback before the end of this game. All right. Chances are, chances are that this could also be to like the SEC versus the Pac-12, where it's like the NFC West. I think we pointed this out on last week's pod, right? Hughes, the NFC West might just go undefeated straight up. Like right. every single one of their teams might beat the AFC South in all their matchups head to head. Uh, I mean, that would not yeah. surprise me at all. We th- but we're talking about co- spreads here. That's the thing that I'm right. that I want to draw back True. to. Yeah. But like if we're yeah if the Cardinals are good there's I, I don't know how you know like the NFC West and same with the AFC West right both went undefeated last week I think um, across the board both all the teams looked you know I think really good um, and so yeah I mean it's gonna be it seems like the West is where it's at right now and in terms of a lot of the you know really competitive football and then the East ew, I, I think UCLA and Oregon would agree with that statement. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I mean, other than USC being, you know, doormat and getting rolled by Stanford, um, yeah, I mean, USC, I mean, UCLA is looking really good. Chip, Chip's got that program back, though. Chip Kelly, there's a great example. Chip Kelly's a college coach. Some coaches should just be in college. All right, Coulter, let's go to your second pick, your key pick. What do you got? All right, drum roll time. Are you ready for it? This is the, I'm willing to, to wager that this is the least bet side of the entire slate. Carolina plus three and a half. Underwhelmed against the Jets. 
I love that Green Bay laid out the blueprint for everything not to do against this Saints team. I think Carolina is a quick study. This is a division rival that's beat up on them in the past a lot. I think you get Jameis Winston a week full of the national media blowing hot air into his uh, you know, head. I don't love the Saints options at receiver. So if this is a game where the Carolina stacks the box and forces Jameis to try to beat them down the sidelines, I actually like that for Carolina. I think that's going to result in punts for New Orleans. This is a New Orleans team, by the way, that was the number one team in the NFL, 22 minutes time of possession in the first half against the Packers. That is not replicable. I, what I'm saying is, is I think Carolina stacks the box. They force Jameis to go deep, sideline, quick drives. They turn the ball back over to Carolina. Carolina runs clock and almost does the reverse to what happened to them last week. Um, I think the Carolina defense is lively. They displayed it last week. They displayed it all last season. Uh, they made a turnover uh, late so they could win the game. I, I, I don't know. I just like it. Uh, the one thing I'd be worried about is Darnold going against the Saints defense that seems to be kind of a, like a juggernaut. But again, there's something fishy about this line. How is it, the team that beat Aaron Rodgers by 35 points just three and a half points favorite against Aaron or uh, Sam Darnold? I mean, this is this doesn't seem correct to me. And then my final tidbit here: six games this week are division uh, divisional games. Two and zero last week. Divisional dogs. Divisional dogs are 57% straight up since 2005 in September. That's not the spread. That's straight up. And again, a little bit of NFL chicanery shows that the Panthers are actually playing next week on Thursday night football. I like them straight up in this game. Again, a side that nobody in their right mind would take. I will take it. I'll take the spread. I will take the money line. I will take the Panthers. Let's do this. Uh, I mean, I... I hate to say I agree with you because, you know, agreeable podcasts are always sometimes tough to listen to. But at the same time, I love it. I mean, one, I think, I mean, not, not to play too much of the COVID card, but the COVID card is is real in New Orleans right now. They got like four coaches that are out with COVID for positive tests. I don't, I think maybe one player, not nobody significant. But again, like you got a bunch of guys trying to prep for a game, to your point, after everybody's riding high and you need that guy whispering in your ear, you guys haven't done shit yet. There's not those guys there. Everybody's wandering around like they just won the Super Bowl because they beat the a Packer team that looked legitimately like they did not want to be on the field, which is a whole nother story. I, a lot of people are blaming Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers' fault, though. I think Aaron Rodgers, if you saw his postgame press conference, is working his way into competitive football. I mean, like he was like, just chill out. Don't worry about it. Like, da, da, da. oh, did our coach really say that that was an embarrassment? Well, that's his opinion. Don't worry about it. Like, it's just crazy. And I think that we can't read too much into that. I liked what Carolina did against a pesky Jets team. Um, so I, I love this pick. Um, and I love sprinkling the money line on this, too. Because I think, again, you got a home dog in a divisional game against a team that has actually traveled now twice and hasn't even been home in, like, a month and now has a bunch of guys with COVID. I didn't even I, talk I love, about the travel factor. You're right. I didn't yeah, even think they're about all over that. The place. Yeah, they, they haven't even been home even, in their beds. Right. I love this play. I love I this too. play. I'll, you maybe talked me into putting this as my key pick. I just just to get crazy with it because I do think like you know get and yeah maybe the maybe the money line's not a lot but the three and a half is a great number to get it at you know it gives you gives you a buffer there and yeah again I can't see James putting two back to back like that because um, I also think the Panthers are again I think they're pretty well coached I I, I like that pick. I like uh, Mr. Model like this too. It's a little analytical side here. We do a, a power ranking roundup. And yeah. the Saints, over 20 different websites that do power rankings in the NFL, are by far and away the most elevated team, 9.6 in the power rankings this week going up green. Wow. That means they're the That's most overinflated team of the week. I'm not talking about spreads. I'm just talking about power rankings. That doesn't mean anything for spreads. However, when I see green arrows going up 9.6, I'm looking at the betting window, and I'm saying I want to fade that team. Yep. You know, I, I hate to say this, but I like New Orleans in the spot. <laughs> nice. I've heard that from a lot of people so far this yeah. week, and that makes me like Carolina. <laughs> Oof. So I think I think you're exactly right. I, I And I was a fan of New Orleans even before the season started. I was playing the whole narrative that Jameis Winston was actually going to be much better than what folks were anticipating and what they saw from him in Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. 
Um, I think he's going to play better. I think he has a better coach that is going to be able to speak his quarterback language. Um, I think they had a phenomenal first week, so it doesn't surprise me at all to hear you talk about how inflated they are in terms of expectations and momentum and, and fandom. And, you know, this line very well could be off because of it. But if you had to force me to pick, I think I would end up landing on the New Orleans side um, in this game just because you touched on it. Sam Darnold is someone that I do not trust at all. And New Orleans defense has been getting considerable, considerably better uh, over this past offseason. I love them in this spot. I think they'll be able to shut down Darnold and then uh, keep uh, the running back in check, McCaffrey. Um, so I'm not sure I would bet this at three and a half, but I would be watching this and seeing if it comes down to three or two and a half and then taking it. Uh, no questions asked. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be skill versus skill. I think I was just looking at this. Uh, both teams gave up under 50 rushing yards last week. Both teams want to come out and run the ball. So, and I think both ran the ball really well last week. Um, New Orleans, 171, Carolina, 117 yards on the ground. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a test of, of wills. I, I just, I do think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be one of those games where did the, did the chatter get to New Orleans and are they feeling themselves when the ball goes in the air? Because if they are, I do think it's a perfect, perfect trap game for them to just get, you know, get surprised by, by a Panthers team that a lot of people have counted out. I love it. All right. Let me uh, jump to my key pick. I am going to go to back to a game that was mentioned earlier. I'm going to go back to Seattle and Tennessee. I am going to take Tennessee plus five and a half. Is that what, is that what the line that you, you all see that's locked in there? Yeah. yeah. Um, I much to what you guys have talked about in terms of uh, the performance after week one, Tennessee did not show up. I think they are a much better team than what, what we saw in week one. And I think that they're going to be, you know, granted traveling West to a, a, a Seattle home stadium that is very much going to be rocking. Um, I would love to see that offense, Tennessee's offense really uh, pick it up and start shooting it around, um, get it to Brown, uh, get the running back going. Who's going to be Henry and just knocking people over. Um, I would love to see all that, get them back on track. If you're giving me five and a half points here, I think I'm going to take it. Give me Tennessee plus five and a half. Yeah, I, I like you. I love it. Produce. Yeah, I love it. I mean, again, I I do think, you know, I think Coulter will probably get into the 12s a little bit. But um, I do think that, like I talked about with the, the performance that we saw from the Cardinals defense, I think this is an ultimate wake-up call for uh, Tennessee, and it's going to be – are they are they a team that can contend in this league if they if they come out and get rolled in this game? I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough season for them. So I do I do agree. I think they come out. I think they're able to distribute the ball a bit more. I don't think Seattle's defense is as good as the uh-huh. defense that they just saw. Um, I do I do have a lot of questions though about the Titans defense, and it's possible that we see you know a shootout. I would love the over in that game. If I'm picking, I'm give me the over all day. It's probably pretty high. I don't know what the number is right now, um, but I would love the over. And I'm also on Tennessee. Coulter, you you gonna go the other way? Throwing out that crossfire? No, I'm gonna stay away from betting on this one just because I um, I don't love Seattle directionally this season. I think that there's some gonna be a schism between Pete Carroll and and uh, Russell Wilson, and I don't I don't love their defense like you pointed out. The one thing I hate about Tennessee though on this side is. Man, oh man, I I just hate having that defense with Russell Wilson. Doesn't it just seem like it's going to be a game where he's just going to put it on you late and you're just going to be like, I can't stand Tennessee's defense. And you're going to end up being like, I can't believe this game is 41-31 and Russell Wilson just covered my ass uh, or beat my ass in yeah. a cover. Um, and so that's the kind of situation I'm trying to avoid. Um I do think that that matchup against Arizona's front uh, was a, really a, a nightmare for Tennessee. So it is interesting to Mr. Model's original handicap here. What uh, going up against Seattle maybe softer in the front does. And then to finally, I, I think it is a lot of points at five and a half. I, Tennessee is fighting almost for their season. They know the Colts are on deck. So it's like they're not just going to kind of die down. But like there is that chance, too, that it's a three point game and Russ is driving. He hits DK and the Tennessee secondary guy just lets slips and he DK goes into the end zone for a 50 yarder and you're just like, why, oh, why am I on Tennessee with the defense? But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn between this one. I, I kind of land 
I kind of land closer to Seattle just because take the better quarterback, take them at home with all the home edge factors. Uh, but I, I don't hate the Tennessee side. It is a lot of points. The total, by the way, is 53 and a half, and I would go over on that as well. Yeah. Too many stars in the game. The NFL, I think, wants that game to be exceptional. I think, uh, and also the night, the two night games, and this kind of might just be a final note, is I think both of the night games could be out of hand. I think the Chiefs might route the Ravens. And based on the point spread, I think the Packers are going to have Detroit pinned down early on, and maybe the Dan Campbell Lions fight back in the fourth quarter and find a way to backdoor. But that half by halftime, half of America will be asleep because it's going to be Packers 21, Lions 3. Um, more yeah. than likely. So, so I think uh, we get a little edge with Tennessee and Seahawks. I think they're going to be exchanging touchdowns late in the fourth quarter. And that game, will, that and the Cowboys game will be the most exciting of the uh, NFL Sunday. Yeah, no, you were talking about the Cowboys earlier, and I don't know if you saw the news today about Demarcus Lawrence. I don't know if that matters, given kind of the fact that he, I, but he's out eight weeks with a broken foot. Uh, I heard himself in practice today. And Gregory's got COVID, I believe. So I don't know if he's playing either. I can't. The, this Cowboys team's got some weird luck. Um, I am. I, I I'm I'm not playing them this week, but um, I'm taking the Chargers. It's a coaching mismatch. I actually think Staley's pretty good, and I think McCarthy's. I don't think McCarthy's in my bottom five. I'm gonna take the defensive maestro versus the guy who thinks he's great on offense, but actually is an idiot. And to your yep. point, yeah, this might just be the season for hell from Dallas. I, you're right. I, I actually failed to uh, factor in that. Uh, news about Lawrence. I did see that when I was talking about Dallas. I, I'm more just like fawning over the idea of a Dak and Brady rematch in the NFC Championship. I, I could see the NFL really pumping that one up. Yeah. Yeah, three double-digit point spreads this week, too. Kind of crazy for week two. Um, Vegas either thinks that there's some really bad teams, uh, but like, I can't, I, I do think that Lions, I might take the Lions plus ten and a half. I that just seems like way too So cool. so you're going to go back to that 57 straight up number with the divisional dogs. Let's just forget about straight up. Let's just say mathematically three of these dogs have to bark on the spread. I have yeah. Detroit, Carolina, and uh, who's the other divisional dog I have? I don't have Atlanta. I don't have – You ride, you riding with the Giants? No, I don't have – I'm with the football team. Maybe I'm on all the favorites. Yeah, I've got your Patriots. Oh, you know, I was going to flip on to Miami because I think it's too many points for them at home. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you do the process of elimination. It's like I, I, I want to end up on three divisional dogs, and hopefully I get that right, and those are the right three. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think there's a chance that Detroit fights and covers that game. They've been embarrassed by Green Bay too many times. Yeah, and I mean, I, I also was a little bit amazed by the Browns plus 12 and a half. I mean, minus 12 and a half at, coming off a loss to a team that looked like, again, they're competent, at least from the perspective of being able to uh, put up some points. But that, that's another one that 12 and a half points is just so many. For a Seems team too high. Play. Yeah. So that's why I'm on the te- I'm on the Texans. Yeah, I don't hate that. I, I like that. Uh, all right. So Casale's key pick that he came in with is Steelers. Minus five and a half against those Las Vegas Raiders. What's your guys' take on his key pick of Steelers? Yeah, probably a bonus. <laughs> oh, just get it in there. Where, where is it? Crossfire him and the baby. Let's go. Um, I sorry to cut you off, Coulter. I I I'm, I'm I don't like the way that the Steelers like they won that game. I think they looked pretty good. But I just don't like them. Like, I don't know. There's something about them. I think Vegas is pesky. It's a tough spot for Vegas uh, at coming off an emotional win, having to come east. But I do like them covering the five and a half. I was just about to say, if I had a, a, a third bet, it would actually be on Vegas. It's similar to the Carolina play. Who's betting Vegas coming off that Monday night? They got so many calls wrong. There's been so much anti-Gruden slander. I actually love the mismatch. Waller is going to eat again. And, like, as long as he's in shape, which it seems like he is, this guy's going to open up things on the passing game, which five and a half is just too much. I mean, let's just equate Waller, and this is a leap of faith because this guy's a Hall of Famer, but let's just kind of compare him to, like, Calvin Johnson. They have a Calvin Johnson mismatch every week going against opposing defenses, one that Pittsburgh can't even solve, and they have a pretty good defense themselves. He's going to open up shit for Renfro and all these other receivers like we saw on Monday Night Football. Things can come together late in the fourth quarter. That game might also go over, too, now that we're talking it through. I kind of like Carr and Roethlisberger to just – because both teams can't run. So, I mean, both are going to just be throwing. It's going to be kind of a wild game. 
Uh, I'll take the points too. Yeah, I, me and Hughes are on the, the crossfire there with the new dad. You know, dad. can I tell you the total on this game right now is 47? Oh, bang it. Yeah, bang that. Neither team can run. This is going to be a quick throwing game, I I think, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I, again, I think that we saw both teams be able to sprinkle it around a little bit. Uh, Roethlisberger is so. going to want to dish it out to Deontay Johnson and Claypool on the. He's going to want to get rid of that ball quickly because the Vegas front seven actually looked kind of alive against Baltimore and the Steelers' offensive line. I think is even worse than Baltimore. So, yeah, the more we talk through this one, I I, I love. This is just like Carolina. This is a side that nobody wants to play, I feel like. There's yeah. nobody who wants Vegas after the Monday night game going east against uh, everybody's favorite Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I love this one. And mm-hmm. I, hate being, I hate being against Tomlin and, and uh, Peyton this week, but I know that the uh, Joe public is going to be pounding both those teams because they've won oh, yeah. so many games and they won last week. So bring on the fades. I'll fade them all. Yep. Let's do it. I'm with you. All right, I think those are all the picks. We'll have to put those uh, down somewhere and make sure we track them. Anything else from you all before we get out of here? I, one note, and we've been kind of battering around the Ravens a little bit here. Are we just missing like a goldmine opportunity to take the Chiefs at three and a half? They might not be this low ever again this season, and the Ravens might be directionally headed into a, into a tornado. I just wanted to mention that because all three of us look for value every week when we do this, so it's like, Big picture, like, are we missing something very obvious with Kansas City here? I mean, again, like, we <laughs> talked about this last week with some of these Vegas special lines. I didn't get this line either. Like, this line oh, didn't make sense to me. Given This is killing me. I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking Baltimore has to just fuck somebody up. Right, like, it's got to be something. But, again, I – I, yeah, I mean, I'm on the Chiefs. I I, I will bet the it's Chiefs. too easy, the Chiefs. It? Yeah, I'm going to treat easy. the Chiefs like I'm treating Alabama. Like again, this is the this is the old Patriots rule. Just just take them. You'll win more than you lose. Like it, they're just too good. Like like these teams, like the Chiefs, they they've got weapons everywhere. It just doesn't look like they struggle to do anything. Now the running back is banged up, I think, still, but it doesn't matter. Mahomes is just too good. The defense is a little bit better. Is is Matthew back? I don't know what happened. I saw he was out last week, but their defense did look a little weird. But I think I, Chiefs all day. I don't know this, but I would expect him to be back on a Monday night. I think he was Sunday you know, night, but yeah, no, I think he'll be Sunday back. night. I think, yeah, I was going to say it seemed to me like he was somebody that they were just being extra cautious with. Yeah. Um, and the same, the Ravens, I feel like keep getting more and more injured, and I don't know. I just feel like if they couldn't stop Waller, how, why are they going to stop Kelsey? They couldn't right. stop Carr. How are they going to stop? Right. Holmes? Yeah. No, I'm with you. Unless, if, yeah, unless if, there if is a tornado. this game, the NFL makes no sense to me because that one's the one that, yeah, if we're recording this next week and the Ravens won the game straight up or covered, I'm just going to be like, all right, the NFL makes no sense. No sense. <laughs> well, if that if and when that happens, we will be asking you about it next week on the pod. All right, that's it for tonight. Thank you, boys. Appreciate your time. Until next week on Double Down Trent. <laughs>